Welcome into the In the Money podcast for Kentucky Oaks Day. Friday, April 30th at Churchill Downs. Tom Leach, along with Jim Goodman, Keeneland's Director of Wagering Development. There is an all-stakes pick four that starts in the eighth race that we're going to handicap for you. Would remind you that there are also a couple of other stakes races that precede this. The Grade 2 Ali Sheba in the sixth, uh, the uh, Grade 2 Edgewood in the seventh. Short fields and heavy favorites in both of those legs. But uh, you've got a lot of great wagering opportunities on this Friday card. So we'll jump in with the eighth race. The grade one La Troyenne starts this all-stakes pick four, and there is a late pick four that starts on the 10th. But we're looking at the all-stakes pick four. Phillies and Mayors Ford up going a mile and a 16th, and you've got the Oaks winner from last September, She Dares the Devil, in here, coming off a nice win in her four-year-old debut. How are you going to play the La Troyenne? I didn't realize there, there are four horses in here, uh, five horses in here that have never lost a race at Churchill Downs. Which is unique. You got Ambutant, the one, She Dares the Devil, the two, Dunbar Road, the three, Paris Lights, the five, and Finite, the seven. Between them, they are 13 for 13. So somebody's not going to be perfect after this. Four somebody. Some, one person, <laughs> one, one, one horse is going to be perfect. Yeah. I, I had a hard time here. I, she Dares the Devil is going to be a favorite and she deserves it off the Oaks win. Uh, the Azari was a good, Start for her for a four-year-old uh, debut. Uh, beat Latruska, who came back and beat Monomoy Girl in the next race. So she dares the devil is going to be the favorite here. But I, I, I just couldn't single her, and I, I spent a little more money on this pick four than I normally do. Uh, if I could single her, then I could go really deep in, in all three legs. But I don't really think I need to in the Oaks. So uh, I use uh, Ambutant for Kenny McPeak. Coming out of the same race, needed a race just like She Dares the Devil probably did, but She Dares the Devil ran better. Ambutant has a 101 buyer in her holster from the Fall City last year at Churchill at a mile and an eighth. This is a mile and a sixteenth, and that might be a little better distance for She Dares the Devil. But uh, I'm going to give Ambutant a shot at six to one. I'm also going to throw in Chad Brown with Dunbar Road. Uh, hasn't raced since the Breeders' Cup distaff last year when she lost to Monmoy Girl, but she certainly wasn't embarrassed. Had a tough trip and only got beat two and a quarter to the best mayor in the country. So Dunbar Rose got a big shot here. I'm going to stick with those three. Uh, Finite's got an outside shot. The numbers just don't match up, though. Uh, her her races at Churchill, when she won as a two-year-old, were, were 82 and 81 buyers. And then last year in the Chalukis, she got a 93. Those those are not going to quite get it to this at this level. So Finite. Uh, didn't run that well in her first day, in her first race as a four-year-old. So I, I think she's going to need another race. But uh, I'm going to stick with the, the three inside horses, hoping I can get past this first leg of the pick four. Yeah, I'm doing the same thing. I'm actually going to pick Dunbar Road on top. Um, she won three times at a mile of 16th. I like that Chad Brown's picking a tough grade one for her five-year-old debut. And she won in her only trial for this track. The uh, thing that's interesting here from a strategic standpoint, is the, the pace. She dares the devil, went right to the front, and they didn't catch her in the race at Oakland. And Envoutant um, was um, down inside of her early, let she dares the devil clear, and then uh, tried to pass her and, and couldn't. Latruska couldn't either. So she's inside of her. Do they take the fight to she dares the devil, especially since Envoutant 
uh, has run so impressively at this track. And if they do, I'm thinking that might set it up for Dunbar Road. And, you know, certainly Anvutant's good enough to win it as well. And uh, she dares the devil, that goes without saying. So you got to use all three uh, at least in the pick four. I, I took a, a little bit of a look at Paris Lights, too, for Mott because she um, was a little late bloomer last year but did win a grade one in her final start at three and then came back and uh, just had kind of a workmanlike win, but she ought to really improve off that. But just don't think she's quite as good as the the best ones in here. So I'm going to take Dunbar Road and go three deep when we get to the pick four. Ninth race, which starts a late pick five as well, is the grade two eight bells for three-year-old fillies at seven furlongs. I thought this was a, a really intriguing betting race. You've got um, the one of the top two-year-olds last year, day out of the office, making her three-year-old debut. you got uh, Slumber Party, who beat past the Champagne, who's in the Oaks um, in, her, in the uh, debut race. Uh, super sensational. Comes out of a good third behind uh, two of the top contenders for the Oaks. But I ended up going to obligatory the seven. Uh, this horse was thrown into... The deep waters off a, an impressive maiden win, and she ran pretty well. And it's Mott and Judd Mont, and they could have picked a softer spot than this one. So they didn't, and they put her right back into these deep waters, and I'm going to take a shot that uh, she's going to benefit from that experience last time and run a much improved race here. 10 to 1 on the morning line is intriguing as well. Super sensational, slumber party, uh, got to use both of those. Um, Calypso, just because it's Baffert, uh, doesn't look like, you know, one of the, the real, you know, bears for Baffert, but, um, it is Bob Baffert. So I don't want that to beat me out. And then day out of the office, I'll probably use on, on the ticket as well, but I'm going to try for a little bit of a price here with obligatory in the eight bells. How about you? Well, I went five deep here. I think five, actually six deep and did not use your horse. So that tells me that it's wide open. Um, uh, I, I understand what you're saying about obligatory, but I just thought that, that she's got some work to do to, to get to the level of these other fillies in, in here. I, I just think that, that there are there are some really classy fillies that have raced against the best three-year-olds uh, that some of them are racing in the Oaks later on. Super sensational. Uh, lost to Travel Column and Clarier, uh in uh, at fairgrounds. Comes out of those races, which I think those races are as good as any filly races in the country this year, uh, I may get, I may be proven wrong, but I think travel column is the real deal coming out of the fairground Oaks. Um, slumber party, I thought was an absolute lock in the Beaumont and she ran. Okay. Got beat, um, at six to five, but past the champagne certainly flattered her later on, in the, in the, uh, Ashland. So, uh, seven furlongs at really over. We got over 300,000 right in our wheelhouse. She's two, uh, one for two and almost two for two. So, I think Slumber Party's got a big shot. I'm using Baffert with Calypso. Most of the day out of the office is a must-use. You, you've got to use this filly. I don't know uh, why they took so long to get her to the back to the races from the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies, but she lost to Equist that day, and I thought she had a, had a big shot there, just couldn't couldn't hang on. Um, she's got some distance questions, though, so the seven furlongs should suit her perfectly. Uh, and I also use Little Tootsie. Um, I look for... Uh, horses that have a shot in, in these races that could really surprise you because you can get some huge payoffs with these big pools. I think Little Tootsie for Tom Amos is sneaky in here off that maiden win of 89 buyer at Fairgrounds at six furlongs. They came back, she won an optional claimer at 50,000 on a sloppy mile and 16th track 
And then she ran the Fairground Oaks. I think her game might be sprinting. So seven furlongs ought to hit her between the eyes, too. So I think she's a good bargain at H1. And the other one I'm going to use, I'm going to use Caramel Swirl, uh, probably the most impressive maiden winner at Keeneland. If you remember that last race on April 9th, she just blew that field away by 10 and a quarter and had a massive move down the stretch and got really good for Mott. And, and she can take a huge step up here. Going from maiden special weight to a grade two, is a big tour, but Luis Saez uh, is, is riding as well as anybody right now. So I'm going to go really deep here. I think it's wide open, and I think this is where you can get a price. Let's go to race 10, the grade two Twin Spires turf sprint. Five and a half furlongs for three-year-olds and up. And these are usually pretty salty handicapping challenges. How did you see this one? Yeah, I thought the strength was on the outside here. Uh, Diamond Oops for being Cone uh, is the defending champion won this race uh, last year um, on a good turf course uh, at five and a half and uh, has, has only won once since then. Won the Phoenix at Keeneland, uh, came back in Breeders' Cup Sprint, got beat four and a half, but uh, obviously likes the turf course. Uh, the distance suits her, uh, suits him, and he's he's got a lot of back class. Fast boat for Joe Sharp has got to be used. Uh, his best race at Churchill was a 104 buyer last June, and an optional 80,000. Uh, Sambaye for Peter Miller, uh, lots of speed, gets Flavie and Pratt, comes from Santa Anita, uh, has run at Churchill in the past on the dirt, but not on the turf course. Faya for Thomas Albertrani, lots of speed here as well. This this race has a chance of breaking down and just somebody coming from out of the weeds to get it. Uh, Gilsman for Brendan Walsh, I'm going to use uh, him just because Rispoli takes them out, and uh, a lot of people don't know Rispoli here, but he's the best turf rider in California. So uh, the fact that he takes this for Walt, for Brendan Walsh makes me think that uh, this gelding is live as well. I'm going to stick with those five. Um, I could use Caratari for late, with Lake Peru and Brian Lynch on the outside, but I think those five might get me through the, uh, the third leg of the pick four. At least I hope so. Ended up with a pretty strong uh, lean to Sambaya, the 10. Peter Miller's really good in uh, turf sprints. Uh, it's Pratt to ride, and I think this horse has faced tougher out in California and uh, will love this five-and-a-half uh, after running just a little longer out there. Uh, so the Peter Miller angle primarily, I'm going to go some by uh, uh, Fast Boat, um, Ired Ortiz, they uh, get him to ride. Uh, Joe Sharp reaches out to Ired, so uh, that's a... Uh, a noteworthy rider change. And then uh, Diamond Oops uh, has run well on this turf course. Um, could go deeper with uh, Karatari uh, and Faya, the three, although I think there's a significant class bump up for that one. Uh, but just on speed figures, he certainly is going to be a good matchup for him. But Sambaya is my win pick in here. And uh, this is one I, I couldn't find a single, so I had to make some decisions to keep the ticket affordable, and I'd like to go deeper than I'm going to in this this race. But somebody uh, hopefully will come through for me. The 11th race, which wraps up the All-Stakes pick for us, the grade one Longines, Kentucky Oaks, three-year-old fillies going a mile and an eighth. And I went back and watched the uh, Ashland more closely than I had, certainly at, at the time it ran, and really since then. I'd just seen the stretch run a few times, but I watched the whole race again. And there's a trouble line for past the Champagne. Uh, hit the gate at the start. You don't really see anything of, of that in the pan shot. Uh, but she gets off 
just slightly slow. And I think when horses do that, they uh, tend to get a little keyed up because the jockey rushes up to get position. And uh, Castellano's riding this horse for the first time, so learning about her. And she's you know, right behind the speed the whole way, but she is just crying out to run. The other jockeys have their hands lower, more relaxed, and uh, Castellano has his hands up higher, and it's like this filly just can't wait to bust out. And finally they get a seam turning for home, and she explodes and looks like she's going to win it. And he got criticized by some for moving too soon, and I I think, if anything, he would have liked to have moved even sooner and opened up. But she just wouldn't relax, I think, maybe partly because of that start. And I think with a, a normal start, I think, and going a little farther, I, and he, his second time riding her, I think she relaxes, and I think she could be really tough. She's 15 to 1. I don't think it'll go off, uh, she'll go off quite that much, but she's bred to love going longer. And I think she's got a big shot. Uh, Malathat and Travel Column, to me, are, are very, very much the ones to beat. One of those two, um, I think, is is going to be in the exactive, not both of them. Clary Air, I'm, I'm uh, not quite as high on. I thought it was interesting that Santana's Asmussen's uh, go-to guy and the same ownership on Clary Air and Pauline's Pearl, and Santana stays with Pauline's Pearl instead of maybe switching over to Clary Air. Uh, maybe there's nothing to that, but that was intriguing to me. So anyway, past the champagne is going to be my win pick, and uh, I'm going to lean heavy on exacta boxes, keying her with Malathat and Travel Column. How do you see the Oaks? I like to say three you do in a different order. Travel Column, because of her history at Churchill, uh, if, if you take those three horses, there's, there's not a thumb's worth of difference between them uh, in what they've accomplished. But Travel Column... Broker maiden at Churchill at six furlongs and came back and won the goldenrod at a mile and 16. Stretches out for a mile and eight the first time. She's not going to have any problem with this, with the distance. Brad Cox is uh, training up a storm 26% on the year. Um, gets Jeru, uh, who's ridden this filly every race, and he is so impressed with her. So I'm going to take travel column. Uh, for purposes of the pick four, I am not going single travel column, however. That would be a uh, a $45 ticket. I am going to use Malafat that win in the Ashland. I think everything you say about past the champagne is correct. So Malafat running her down is even more impressive. If past the champagne had gotten a cleaner trip and had gotten a, a bigger gap, they would have turned the table. She would have beaten Malafat, but she didn't. Malafat won. She's four for four. Doesn't do anything but win. Uh, Velasquez takes them out back from, Rosario, he he wrote her in the De Moselle. I think she's got a I think she's got a big shot as well. I'm pulling for her because she was the Ashland winner. Uh, but those three are going to be on my ticket, and pass the champagne will obviously be the bargain. I think the morning line here is is off. I, I agree with you. I don't think she's going to be where close to fifteen to one. If she is, there's something wrong because Malafat's five to two, and she's fifteen to one, and she lost by head. So I think uh, the boarding lines person just got a little bit lax there. He sh- she should be 8-1, to 10-1 to one at, at worst. So that's my thoughts on the Oaks. Uh, travel column is my win pick, but I'm going to go three deep. Well, pick four. Again, it's an all-stakes pick four that starts in race eight. I've got one, two, three in the first leg, three, six, seven, eight, ten in the second, eight, nine, ten in the third, and then five, six, ten in the Oaks. That's sixty-seven fifty on a fifty-cent ticket. 
and I just I couldn't find a, a single in there anywhere. If I if I did, uh, if you wanted to take a stand somewhere, I'd suggest maybe Sambaya in the turf sprint. But uh, I'd actually like to go deeper than I am in there. So sixty-seven dollar fifty cent ticket for me. How about your ticket? Yeah, my budget's always bigger on uh, Oaks Day, so it's one hundred and thirty-five, uh, exactly double what yours is. So I have the same horses in the first leg, the one, two, three, uh, with She Dares the Devil being my top pick. I went uh, six deep in the second leg, three, six, eight, nine, ten, twelve, and probably day out of the office, slumber party, top picks there. But I just think that race is wide open. I think Caramel Swirl's, Swirl's got a shot at a price. Then in the five and a half furlong uh, turf, uh, went five deep with two, three, eight, Nine and ten with somebody I and, and Diamond Oops along with Gildsman being uh, my picks there. And then uh, same same three that you've got. We book in it with the same three horses, uh, five, six, ten, uh, hoping that pass the champagne for my prices, but hoping that Malafat for my uh, employer gets up to win the to win the race for the Ashland. So uh, uh, that's a hundred thirty five dollar ticket. Best of luck with your plays on the Kentucky Oaks Day card, and we'll be back for a second edition of the End of Money podcasts for this weekend to look at the Kentucky Derby Day card. For Jim Goodman, I'm Tom Leach, and this is the End of Money podcast on KeelanSelect.com.